This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. Hi, and welcome to this Naked Mind podcast. So today I have one of my favorite people, which is super exciting for me. I am here with Rory from One Year No Beer. Thanks for being here, Rory. Yay! Always um, good with you, Annie. Yeah, we, we've wanted to do this um, for a long time. So it's super cool that the day is finally here. This is awesome. I think we've been talking about like doing podcasts together for two years or something like that. Something crazy. Yeah, I keep booking so, them in. I keep booking them in and cancelling you last minute. Because <laughs> I'm just such a nightmare. So I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no, it's great. It's great. I'm glad we're here. We're live. This is awesome. So, Rory, where I want to start with you is... Um, your story. Why don't you just back right up into, you know, the good old days and, and tell me or the bad old days, however you want the to. The good old days. <laughs> Let's not go too, too deep into that. And my sensationalized alcohol because I had a fairly, uh, <laughs> fairly wild, a wild time. Um, so a bit of background. So I'm originally um, from the west coast of Scotland, a small island called the Isle of Mull. And um, like many places all over the world, you know, you are learned very early on that uh, everybody celebrates, commiserates and congratulates with alcohol. And um, <clears throat> I, I guess the first time I got drunk, I was 12 years old. Um, and um, I got so smashed to bits. I, I convinced this girl from school to basically babysit me. I'd, I'd found out that um, whiskey, or I'd seen that whiskey got mixed with, with a dark color whenever, whenever, you know, um, parents, whatever we're drinking. So I went rummaging around the parents' um, alcohol cabinet and I found whiskey and then port. And I thought, fine, I'll mix these two together. Oh. So I mixed whiskey and port together into a Coke bottle and um, cycled down to the village and got this poor girl to, to assist me. And I drank about three quarters of the bottle, um, which I think probably would have killed some people. Um, and um, so, I mean, I was, you know, it was, it was all ends. It was all over. My parents were at their anniversary dinner and came back to just trails of stuff everywhere, all over the stairs, everything. So, um, but that, I was not to be deterred. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's, that's the craziest not, first story. I've never heard that before. That's nuts. Um, so not to be deterred from that one. Um, so yeah, but um, I, I would just say I've had a very normal relationship with alcohol pretty much um, all the way through my life. I was a very much a social person. Um, and, um, you know, I, I think I care very deeply or far too deeply about what other people think about me. And so, you know, in social situations and things like that, I would always be, I'd always be drinking and, um, you know, being the sort of party starter, I was the, the last one in, the last one out, uh, first one in and, and last one out rather. Um, but I, um, you know, I had a very entrepreneurial life. I set up my first business when I was 15 years old. By the time I was 25, I'd set up five companies um, and um, all of which had failed. Um, and uh, eventually found myself down in London uh, to be an oil broker. And I found two worlds really collided. My social life and business really came together because as a broker, that's one thing you need to be good at doing is taking people out and entertaining them. Um, and I, th I remember, you know, early on, my boss saying to me, look, we're all getting old on the desk here. We need somebody young to take people out, go and take them out. And I literally had a license to go clubbing in London's best clubs um, twice a week. <laughs> so, wow. um, and, and for this job to be, you know, um, and, and to be rewarded for doing that. So, um, I guess, in a way, it's very easy to have an unsafe 
relationship with alcohol or to think um, that what is probably a very damaging relationship with alcohol is actually the norm in situations like that. And you know, you've experienced this yourself and, and there's many, you know, I thought it was just our industry, but having set up one year, no beer now, realize that it's many, many, many industries that it's, that it's just the norm. Um, and through the, um, the broking, I met my wife in London and um, then we had our first child and things started to wear a bit thin. Um, you know, I was coming home at four o'clock in the morning. We had a young child, the first one born. And, um, you know, my, Jen, my wife, Jen, she doesn't um, suffer fools. So she um, was less than happy with this situation. And if I'm honest, <clears throat> I was really caught in a rock and a hard place because the reality is everybody around me, my social life, my peers, my, uh, all those people, they were saying, there's nothing wrong. You know, what you're doing is perfectly normal. Oh, you know, women, they just, you know, just ignore it, you know, she'll get over it. And I'm like going home and I'm saying to my wife, you know, what are you talking about? You know, this is, we've got a nice house and we've got, you know, a nice car and you've got a nice handbag. And, and, and this is just, this is just normal. Um, and I guess almost by accident. Uh, now, the one thing I do have to add is that um, there were things wrong in my life. Now, I, I've been somebody who's always very emotionally um, attuned, if you like, and because of that, I've, my ups and downs are very high. I get very, very, very low. Um, and, um, I, you know, coming up to the point where I actually took a break from alcohol, I was seeing a counsellor because I felt depressed. I was taking heartburn medication, omrazaprazole. Um, I, was, I had IBS. Um, I had dry skin problems. Um, I, I just felt pretty miserable in life. I wasn't really getting anywhere. There was all of these little niggling health issues. And you know what? I attributed absolutely none of them to alcohol, right? <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? There's nothing wrong. I've got a very normal relationship with alcohol. Um, and it wasn't until uh, I actually, um, almost, almost as a bet, I think, I wanted to prove to my wife that alcohol was not a problem in our relationship, that really there was other reasons that we were, that we were fighting or struggling. Um, and uh, I took this anger management program and on this program it said that alcohol and coffee are the two biggest instigators of anger. I was like, that's really interesting. Okay, well, I'm, I'm, um, I just want to let people know here that I'm not a raging, uh, you know, angry man, but I, <laughs> I found myself snapping at my children now and again. So I was like, let's understand more about this anger. And so I dropped the, the alcohol for 90 days, pretty much against everything. Like, my boss had said to me, if I, if I um, stop drinking, I'll be committing commercial suicide. Um, I actually felt like, you know, I don't know if I can keep this up the whole time because I may lose all my customers. I don't know if my friends will love me. Will my wife still love me? You know, it was like, wow, I was going into seriously uncharted territory. And on that 90 day challenge, I was just blown away with how much um, started to change. I just felt better and it went against all my wisdom. You know, I just felt so much better. I've, I've, sorry, I've waffled through the whole life there. I've taken up this, <laughs> but um, as you can see, I'm quite passionate about this subject. So yeah, that's when I took a break from booze um, and um, haven't really looked back since. So that's crazy. So you just kind of out of the blue were like, okay, I'm just going to see this because it was really triggered by the anger management class and just seeing that, look, this is a, um, by the way, I've seen some of your I think it was on one of your podcasts when you taught a little bit about anger that it was brilliant by the way because there's so much to know about anger anger is like a whole separate subject but it's such a 
misunderstood emotion. But anyway, that's a tangent, I guess. So you went through and then you're just like, okay, I'm going to take a break. And um, I mean, how, what was the fallout then with you? Like, did you lose all your clients or? Well, that's, that's the amazing thing. So I, yeah, yeah exactly. Everything went to pot. So, <laughs> so I um, started to feel much, much better. I, I stopped taking the anti-heartburn medication. I started losing weight and things like that. And I, and I um, got together with a, with a uh, I used to work with Andy and he was on the podcast recently, my co-founder, Andy Ramage. Um, and we worked together in the same broking firm. You know, we'd be thick as thieves in the curry house on a Friday night, him doing magic tricks, me pouring champagne into people's pint glasses without them knowing. Um, and that would be lunchtime on a Friday. Um, and um, <clears throat> anyway, so I, it, it, we'd agree to meet up. And what's so funny is we were both quite nervous about meeting up because I knew he was a massive boozer and he knew I was a, a you know, big party boy. And <clears throat> when we... Um, he'd gone to move to a rival broking firm. So we had to meet up in secret. And I met up with him and I walked into this pub and I was blown away. I mean, he was literally half the man I knew. You know, he'd lost so much weight. And he'd just done six months alcohol free. He'd been to Ireland and done his 40th birthday party in Ireland without touching a drop. And that's when I got inspired. That is when something really important happened. And that's when I got connected to somebody who was living how I want to live. And really, I then was given an excuse, a pathway, permission, uh, or leadership, mentorship, all of these things suddenly packaged up into one tiny situation. Um, and Andy was like, you know, done my birthday. And I thought, you know what? My birthday's just around the corner, as is Christmas. I'm gonna give this a shot. So I did birthday, I did Christmas, I did New Year. And that's when Andy and I sat down together and we said, look, there is something massive here. The fact is, there I was, with these health issues, these niggling health issues, these problems, a plethora of problems in my life, in my health, in my fitness, in my marriage, with my parenting, and not blaming anything on the booze that I was drinking regularly. And I said, I, th I, I think there's, and pretty much everybody in my office is, is, is in the same situation. I think the vast majority of people out there are completely blind to this. Um, it's a bit like the matrix, isn't it? You know, once you've Cho chosen to take that pill, you can never go back because you've seen it, you've seen it so clearly. And it's so clear. Like, right. um, so <clears throat> we sat down and we said, look, how can we get people to, to almost realize this themselves? Um, because there's no amount of, you, you could have stood in front of me six months prior to me giving up alcohol and you could have said, Ruri, why don't you give up booze? And I've slapped you across the face and I said, what are you talking about? Get out of town before they catch up with you. You know what I mean? <laughs> because I was just not ready. But right. then when, when, um, when, it, when it actually settled in for me and I experienced it myself, that's when everything changed. So I actually then, um, Andy and I got together and we said, look, let's create a challenge. That's where we come up with one year no beer idea. Um, we launched that, uh, oh, it was about another nearly nine months afterwards, almost a year after I stopped drinking. Um, and over that first year, you know, I lost, I went down to 10.6% body fat. I ran a, my first half marathon in 134.40. Um, I had another child. I, um, well, that wasn't, you know what I mean? But um, <laughs> wife and I regularly agreed we're more in love than we'd ever been. You know, when you remove one side of a, one, you know, side of a nonsense argument, and most of our marriage arguments are just nonsense, aren't they? And they, they start with something and then they quickly build to be something totally different. And if you add alcohol into that mix, you just get so irrational so quickly. Um, so we're both hotheads 
and when you removed one hothead, there's just no, there's just no argument. Um, so I had all the, all these improvements and, and we launched one year, no beer and you know, it, it is what it is today. We're now three and a half years down the line with one year, no beer, tens of thousands of people all over the world, you know, really benefit from our challenge. It's, it's been an amazing. And for me, my personal journey was, I, I went through the first year, um, completely alcohol free over that period of the, the first year, I, you know, I went to whiskey tasting. And I love my whiskey. In fact, sitting opposite of me is, I've got to get rid of it. I mean, I stare at it all the time, never drink it, but it's the whiskey collection in, in the office. Um, and um, um, yeah, anyway, so I went to this whiskey tasting and probably had a dram over the course of an evening, um, which is a massive win, right? You know, I went uh, New Year's the following year, I was like, had a sip of a, a glass of champagne. So there were these tiny things um, but in reality, I'd been completely alcohol free. And then I decided to have a few drinks again. Um, and Christmas day, after three days on the road, we're drinking with my brother and his family. And Jen and I are, I mean, back to our old way, when you're screaming so loudly at somebody, the veins are popping out in your neck. You know, that's, that's where we were. And I was like, hmm. There's a common denominator here. We haven't shouted at each other like this for nearly 18 months, <laughs> for, for, sorry, for a year. And here we are um, screaming out. So I was like, that's it, I'm doing another year. Um, and for me, that was really one of my boundaries, I think, um, was that total irrational anger um, was, um, was, a, was a situation where I'd be like, no, back in a naughty step. So then did another year. Um, and after the second year, I was like, do you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to put it back into a place where I, where I feel. And I think you say this and I, I, I probably got this from you. If I'm honest, um, you say that you drink as much as you want, whenever you want, you just never drink. Whereas I say, I drink as much as I want, whenever I want, I just hardly drink. Um, and I think the, the, the key is, or key element of that is it's such a mindset shift. I just don't associate it with the events that most people associate it with. I can go out to any occasion and, um, and not drink. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, that's so interesting. So I love what I love about One Year No Beer. So One Year No Beer, uh, if you haven't heard of it and you're listening, was obviously for, formed by Rory and Andy. And it's just such a phenomenal, um, really community and then challenge-based community. So I think you call it the ultimate social challenge, which is just really so true because it is the ultimate social challenge. It and is. especially in our day and, day and age. But what I love about it is that often, like, here's just a little tangent, okay? So I have a, a great um, coach. His name is Alex. And Alex learned how to shoot a gun very different than ever I've heard before. So he went into the shooting range and he, his, um, for, like, I don't know what you call it, his, his teacher to shoot a gun, he went right up to the target and he shot. And then he moved a foot back and he shot. And then he moved a foot back and he shot. And then, so he, instead of when you normally go and you are all the way the eight or nine feet back and you're shooting, you're missing, and then you're building on this foundation of failure. Um, what Alex did is he built on a foundation of success. He like wired into his nervous system, I can shoot this target. So the, by the time he was back to eight or nine feet, he was still missing. I mean, still hitting it all the still time. It, yeah, every time, yeah. And then by the way, he's now one of like the best shots, like even amongst like, you know, some of the highest level, you know, sniper riflists in, in the military, he's one of the best shots. So like, wow. that's for me, very similar to what you're doing because with the challenge based thing, right? You're setting something, you know, you can hit, 
right? Yeah. And you're yeah. saying, okay, I mean, I had somebody recently say, okay, you know what, Annie, I'm going to do seven days. And I was like, hell yeah, do seven days. That's awesome yeah. because you know you can hit seven days. And then guess what? You can back that up because seven days are the worst. That's, that's the most detox, right? So then mm. you back that up and you back that up. And so I just love that that's because so often people time. come at this and they say, okay, well, yeah, people come at it and they're like, okay, well, I have to do something about this. It's, it's maybe anger or like maybe it's the anger is being caused by alcohol. So my only option is to quit drinking. And then that is just like, okay, well, I'm not going to have that conversation with myself. I'm going to put off that conversation. I'm going to fight with my wife for the next 10 years because I'm not going to have that conversation. But if the conversation is I'm going to do a 30 day or a 90 day challenge, like that's a conversation that like most rational humans are willing to have. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, the beauty about seven days is that in reality, the, the, the booze is probably have got a seven day window, doesn't it? Booze has got a seven day window because the weekend is the most trigger, you know, for most people. Um, and you come back into the week again, and then you've got midweek slumps and you've got all these things. But in reality, it's a circle of seven days. Most of the time, it's just repeat, repeat, repeat. If you can do one set of seven days, you just repeat another set of seven days, seven days, keep doing it. So that's a great idea. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, so we set that with the 28 day challenge, the 90 day challenge and the 365 challenge. And since then, we've grown all sorts of coaching frameworks. And one thing we did discover very quickly, and, and I'm sure, you know, it's been uh, like you, you know, you were like, right, I'm really interested in this. I think I can get back. I'm going to start deep diving into it. And you just went you know, absolutely deep into the science and, you know, this naked mind book and all that stuff is just so phenomenal at that, that we were sort of learning on the job as well. You know, two, what do two brokers know about, you know, this, this situation? Nothing. Um, but we were going from our experience and then what we started to do is pull some, you know, people who do know what they're talking about, the, the researchers at, um, at University of UEL um, and um, get into positive psychology and habit change. And we were like, look, launched this, started to see people come through, got, got it quantified by Sterling University. <clears throat> Sterling University but came back and was like, you know, it's amazing and you're having a real impact and look at these results and the results were amazing. And then all the while we're thinking, look, at some point somebody's going to tell us that, you know, we're crackpot here and that we're, 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 we're selling ice to Eskimos or something. Um, and it kept coming, it kept coming and more people and more people coming through it going, you know, this is life changing and you're looking at this totally different to anyone else out there. And, you know, obviously similar to you at the same time, you know, people were saying to you that you were looking at this very differently to anybody else. Um, and um, because of that, because there was no stigma, because there was no judgment, anybody can walk across the door. Like, you know, it doesn't matter. We're not talking about peer labeling you or getting you to sit down or lambasting you if you slip up or any of those things. There's no judgment. Just come in and give it a shot, see how you get on. Um, so I think that worked really well with people. That's awesome. So um, I love what you say, like you can drink whenever you want, but you just only rarely drink. And if somebody, that's, that's a lot of, of people have that intention, right? Because it is a social thing. It is everywhere in our society. It is definitely... Um, you know, going to be part of stuff, no matter what decision you've made. So if people have that intention, you know, what is sort of your best advice for being able to move from a place where you're really truly stuck and it's affecting your entire life and your health to move to a place where like you really truly have freedom, um, but you didn't 
you didn't find that freedom by necessarily giving it up altogether. Here's the short and the complex and the, and, and the longer answer. So the first thing I feel very strongly is, is that if you've been under alcohol spell for quite some time and depend how deep under the spell you've been, you're unlikely to rewire your brain and change this relationship in 28 days. I'm just going to say, right? Unlikely to happen. Bear in mind, and you, everyone, I'm sure everyone listening to your podcast will be fully aware that what we're trying to do is relearn everything that we've learned over the past 30, 40 years that we've been seeing subconsciously, marketing, social pressure. It's an enormous element. Even at home, when you're just drinking at home, relaxing, and you feel, no, no, I'm not, I'm, I'm not the one who's engaged in social pressure. Yes, but it's social pressure that's helped form your relationship. It's societal norms that have helped you know, really create these, these um, neural pathways. So the reality is we're not going to unlearn that quickly. Now, even on a 90-day challenge, for those people who've had a fairly toxic relationship, you're probably not going to unlearn those things. So really people should be aiming, I mean, start with a 28-day, see how you go, start with a 90. But if you really want to change your relationship with alcohol and get it to a place where you feel like you're in total control, which is how I feel, then it's a year at least. Now, the reason why it's a year is that you're going to go to all sorts of social events. You're going to go to weddings, stag do's. You're going to go Friday, football, World Cup, you know, deaths, births, all of them. And you're going to go there and you're not going to drink. And you're going to come out of it and go, wow, I actually had a good time. Wow, I actually feel good about that. Wow, I actually feel amazing. Now, it doesn't matter how many times people say that or you sit in theory and learn it or you're in the, in the, in the studio and somebody's teaching you this stuff. Until you feel it and experience it yourself, you're not really learning it. You're not creating those neural pathways. So that's why I really strongly feel about the year. There's something else that's really, really important. I've been unfortunate enough to be in counseling since I was six years old. So they wanted to drug me when I was school, as at school. My parents refused. I went into counseling. Since I started in counseling, I have invested in counseling and coaching and all of that for pretty much all of my life. I've been under some form of counseling or coaching because I believe that Somebody like that always helps you take forward. Now, believe me, some counselors haven't been very good, um, but I still had little shifts and realizations there. And this is the reason I get back to. There is a reason why we are getting drinking too much. There is a reason why we have a toxic relationship. There's a reason why we have addictions. Addictions are usually the response to trauma. Um, there can be many other things involved or mental health or all sorts of things like that. But let's just go with one solid thing at the moment, that it can be a response to trauma. Trauma trauma in the womb or trauma, trauma later, trauma in childhood, trauma from some events, life general trauma, whatever. Um, and those things, unless they are started to work on, those things are always going to be there. And this is what I believe. I believe that alcohol is the first step to you, to people um, taking a positive step forward into becoming the person that they can be. And it's literally opening the door. Once you remove the alcohol, you're given all the tools. These are the tools. You're given energy. You're given productivity. You're given a sort of zest for life again. You're given feelings of, wow, I want to take on more. I want to do more. Do you know what? Put that to use. Work on yourself. Start to do this deep work. Start to find a coach. Um, and, and, you know, I'm not, I know you're doing coaching as well, Annie, but I just firmly believe that once you've taken that, that step forward, then's the time to really, really invest in yourself. Though doing that investing in yourself, okay, and the, the other uh, key element I, I also firm believe, and this is something we work with a lot in our coaching programs and also our masterminds, 
is meaning and purpose. Um, and once you're aligned with your meaning. So for me, when I was 14 years old, I wrote a letter to Richard Branson. I told him that I was going to um, change the world and I look forward to having lunch with him. God, I was a ballsy boy, I tell you. Anyway, um, and um, he didn't reply. So lunch is on him. But um, <laughs> so when I, uh, I remember, the, almost remember the day, some four or five months into alcohol free and I was sitting at my broking desk and I was like, holy shit, I remember writing that letter. I've totally forgotten about that. I've forgotten about who I was. I've just, I've just got busy with life and everything. And I was like, you know what? I am every single day I'm sat at this desk. Yes, yeah, sure, I earn money. Great, wicked. Every single day, I'm doing a disservice to the planet. Every single day, I'm not aligned to who I am because I know categorically that I'm here for a, for a big purpose, a bigger meaning and, and, and to have an impact on the world. So removing booze got me realigned with my meaning and purpose um, and getting back into that. And now, you know, now... And every day I get that meaning and purpose given back to me because people are like, wow, you changed my life. You changed my life and letters and emails. And, you know, I'm sure like you do about how this, this program is changing lives. So those are my things. I think minimum a year, if you really want to get into a place of total control um, and it might not, it might not be something that you go to straight away. Like you said, it might be piecemeal. I do a 28 day and then I try a little bit again. Then I come back and I go, fuck, I'm drinking too much again. Right. 90 day, blah, blah, blah. One more thing, sorry, I just never stop talking, do I? Um, one more thing, and this is really important, is about boundaries. So if you are gonna go and tempt yourself and think, right, I've done a 90 day period, I wanna see what it's like, then be ruthless with yourself on some boundaries. Don't risk the chance of going back to where you want. Nobody wants that, you don't especially. So here's what we do. Boundaries are these little rules that if you go, go over those boundaries, you're going to get yourself back on a naughty step. Now, the naughty step might be a 28-day challenge if you've done a, just a minor, minor slip-up, a 90-day challenge if you've done a major slip-up, or like me, if I find myself screaming at my wife with veins coming out of my neck, I come back and do another year. <laughs> so so, um, so here's, uh, and these are the sort of things I said. If I find myself unconsciously drinking faster than the other people around me, okay, if I find myself, you know, desperately thinking about the next drink when I'm, when, I'm, when I'm drinking, drinking at home or on my own without a decision, right? Now, I might have, so say I had a loss, which I did recently, and I, I said, okay, you know what? This is somebody very close to me, close to my heart. I've got a very special, sorry, they found me. <laughs> um, we live just up the road from a hospital, so we get a lot of ambulances, honest. Um, the, um, I have this bottle of whiskey I bought in auction um, and so I'd had a quiet one of those sat on my own to, to, to almost celebrate and commiserate the loss um, and anyway so um, and the other thing is uh, the other rules I had were two hangovers in a row without a conscious choice again and I mean by the conscious choice I, I, I need it to be okay for me to be invited to a wedding and choose to drink. And if I go to that wedding, I might drink for the three days that everybody else is drinking, or I might not. Um, and when I do, and I come back and I go, I feel absolutely dreadful, which I will. Productivity will be terrible. I'll be a terrible father, snappy, grumpy. I'll be a very poor husband. I have to put all those things into place and say, you know, I'm gonna be those things for the five, six days after it. Really, how many times in your life do you wanna feel that? Not many, so normally it keeps me away. Um, and, but then I'm not going to drink for a while afterwards. So those are the sort of rules that I kept in place. And that's how best I advise people. And also, I think 
you know, there's certainly a tendency in, our, in my group, and it's something I'm, I'm very keen on, on trying, to, trying to change. There are many people out there who believe that, you know, abstinence is the only way. And I think that I understand that. I totally respect that. Equally, I expect you to respect the people who feel that they want to moderate. Now, for some people, moderate, trying to moderate drinking could be a very painful experience. They come and they try, they slip up, they beat themselves over the head. Unfortunately, some people are just like that, like me. I'm going to be the person who's normally going to have to learn the hard way. But I don't, you know, it's important that we each respect each other's views. Um, and, and, and the whole thing about one year no beer is that, that you're doing a challenge. Therefore, there is an end date to the challenge. A lot of people in my community have chosen to roll that challenge on forever, which is the magic grail for many people. Congratulations. But for others, they want to, moderate's not the right word, trial out, try total control, as we say. Yeah, no, that's so cool. And I think it's funny because as you were talking, so I have um, the program I'm running right now, the intensive, at the end of it, it is, you make a commitment for, you know, again, back to Alex's, like a commitment, you know, you can keep, and I've called them non-negotiables. And these are your non-negotiables. And after your commitment, you can, if you've decided you want to mindfully try it again, um, you have your non-negotiables, you know? And for me, like you shared a few of yours, for me, one of mine was like, I just didn't want my brain space to be occupied with it. Like I didn't yeah. want to be on the cycle of when and how much and am yeah. I and blah, blah, yeah. blah. And so, yeah, you make these, these things and say, I, I know I don't want to be there. If I can be here, then I'm interested in that. However, if I can't be here, then I'm okay not doing it anymore. And I think that's almost the key is like, you have to be able to make peace with alcohol might not fit in my life. And if it doesn't, then that's okay. But it's not until you make that peace that you're ever going to be even have a shot of being where you are, Rory, because I think that you, you then are clinging too much. And I, I've been giving this analogy a lot lately because I, I love colorful pens. I'll show you, I have like lots of colorful pens. And uh, <laughs> my one-year-old daughter also loves colorful pens. So she like will pick them up and walk all around and then I get freaked out. Draw them on the walls? <laughs> Draw on the walls and then I think she's gonna stab herself or something. So anyway, <laughs> she'll pick one up, she'll put it down. She has no, no, right? She's just doing it until I tried to take it out of her hand. And then it's like, ha ah, screaming bloody murder and like she won't let it go. And, and I feel like that's the same thing with alcohol. Like you have to be ready to like, let it go. Let go, um, yeah. In order for, be, to be able to do it. It's, it's kind of this crazy irony of the whole thing is you have that's to right. be in a mental space where you really aren't attached anymore in order to be able to do it. But when you are not making peace with, okay, it might not work for me in my life. I might not be the person who can have a drink on occasion. If you don't make peace with that, you are grabbing onto that pen and, and you, yeah. can't, hey, you can't do it. So I like that. So is there time just, you know, for my own curiosity, I guess, more than anything, is there a time when you're just like, oh, does it ever feel like too much work or, you know, the rules and the, would it just be like, okay, just easier just to say I'm done or. Um, I would say that, um, <clears throat> no, I think the problem with no, I, 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 I guess for me, I don't, I don't feel like I was ever really a problem drinker. 
Therefore, I never really had a problem um, in my mind, um, although it was causing problems. Yeah. Um, and so I don't feel like I'm in any threat of, oh, I might have one and then do something disastrous. No, because actually it's all with intention. Um, so I don't have the regret. Okay, not don't have the regret because sure, if I wake up, uh, if I have a few drinks and um, wake up the next day, I you know, and feel hungover or whatever, I'm like, oh dear, whatever. But, you know, I'm like, I made a conscious choice. That's what I consciously chose to do. Um, so I would say that um, what's more dangerous for me was when I felt compelled not to drink because of the person and leadership and leading by example and all those things with one year no beer in the first year, probably it was two years before I came out and said I came out my wife still thinks I'm yet to come out um it's because um uh, before I, I came out about um or explained that I was going to go to to a level of total control um the pressure before was huge and you can't put me in a pressurized situation like that because all of the naughtiness comes out um like tell me not to do something i'm gonna do it (laughs) and my my wife had to learn that so so um so yeah so for me i think it's completely it's completely the opposite did that sort of answer the question yeah and i i mean i remember because i remember having a really good conversation with you when you were wondering about and um and i remember just saying like you need to be true to you because that is really where freedom is. And, and what is this all about if it isn't finding our freedom, whatever that means for us. And yeah, yeah we need to like stop judging each other completely because this is like, it's our own path and we're, we're the boss of what goes in our bodies. Like that's just yeah. the end of it. And the minute we stop treating ourselves like adults or like grownups, like people with human wills, you know, we do, we start to rebel and we get all crazy about it. And that's just, you know, it's not a good place to be. No, exactly. That's so cool. All right. So two more questions for you. Um, First of all, just quickly, and I'm sure it's pretty obvious, but people can, where can people find your challenges and your coaching? Should they be wanting to join? Yes. So um, oneyearnobeer.com will take you into, uh, take you into things. So if you check it out there, if you stick in your email into any of the, um, any of the bits where it says stick in your, e- stick in your email here, you will enter into our um, 10 day free course, um, which will sort of take you through a bit of how our, how our program works and all that kind of stuff. So that's absolutely free. You can go and download that and you get a couple of PDFs and bits and pieces. Um, and um, you know, we're all over social media, Facebook, One Year No Beer, Instagram, One Year No Beer, Twitter, O-Y-M-B-U-K. Um, and uh, yeah, come and check it out. That's awesome. All right. And then my um, second question, last question. If you were to go back and, and tell, you know, the Roy who was pouring champagne and pint glasses and screaming at his wife uh, about what life is like on the other side, what would you say? Oh, well, I would say what I say all the time now. And, I, and damn it, I know he wouldn't have listened. <laughs> but that is... You know, the booze, the booze is absolutely holding you back. Um, and um, um, I don't know how I would have convinced him to do that. 
um, uh, I try every day to get into the psyche of, um, <laughs> of Ruri. I mean, that's how One Year No Beer is pretty much aimed. We were trying to aim it at that. So, um, and perhaps I would say, uh, I would explain some of the things, you know, and say, Ruri, <laughs> it doesn't need to be this way. Um, you know, that anger, that frustration, that sadness that you feel inside, that will go away. And it goes away a lot quicker than you, than you fear. Um, so give it a shot. That's awesome. That's so cool. Well, this has been awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. So good to be on the show as always. And um, I'm glad you at least got a few words in. <laughs> oh, wait, before we get off. You have a live event coming up. Let's talk about that quickly, especially yes. in the UK. Yes, the live event. So um, incredibly excited about the live event. Um, something that I feel very, again, very strongly about is the opposite of addiction is connection. I know we talk about this a lot, but so what we tried to create with our framework was more connection. And you know, from Facebook, um, the, these executives who will never see the inside of a prison, but have been literally creating Facebook to get as much connection as you possibly can. And there's only so much you can get from a Facebook group. Our Facebook group is amazing. It's huge engagement, lots of love and, and, um, and, and really a very, very special place because people feel so connected. The next step is, is, um, well, actually is a, a, a program we call at the moment called OYMB Advanced, and that's got weekly meetings and getting people on. But the next step to that is to get in around people in, in real person. And that's what this event is all about. It's about aligning with meaning and purpose. And so we really start to help people dig and dive into stuff like that. We give, we, we, we help people with lots of stuff around living a healthy life, mindfulness, meditation, nutrition, exercise, diet, um, getting in touch with meaning and purpose, connecting very, very deeply with our other OYMB members. I explain this to my community all the time, that, that you don't realize what's going on in your subconscious when you're in a room full of people in that kind of environment who are on a similar mission to you, like major shifts are happening. Um, so if you're in the UK, it's on the 9th of June. Um, it's at the London Strand uh, Palace Hotel. And um, it's on the 9th of June. It's an all-day event. And um, we've got the amazing Annie Grace speaking. <laughs> beamed in live, which I'm very, very excited um, to have. So, um, yeah, uh, come along and join us for the event. And to, look, to find out about the event, I haven't got a shortcut link to that. I do need to put it on the site. So I'll make sure it's on the site. <laughs> we'll, put the, we'll put it in the show notes, too. So Perfect. Uh, Perfect. wherever you're watching this, we'll put a link in the notes. So very cool. Brilliant. Thanks, All right, Annie. Awesome. Thank you so much. Good. Take care, everybody. This has been Annie Grace with This Naked Mind Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can learn more at thisnakedmind.com. And please remember to rate, review, and subscribe as it really helps us spread the word.